But yeah, and every time, and, like, there's a Piggly Wiggly, that's where they are. Like, whenever <laughs> the ladies are like, we're going to the Piggly Wiggly, I just burst out laughing. They're like, I don't understand what's so funny, William. I'm like, you guys said Piggly Wiggly. Are you connected to the internet? Oh, duh. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, that may be one of the dumber questions ever asked. Hello, good evening, and welcome to episode 45 of Horde of Notions. I'm your host, Chris. With me tonight, just two of our normal hosts. First of all, the man, the Mr. Legend, Three-Legged Wolf. Who are you calling normal? Well, none of us, clearly. Well, then take it back. Okay, abnormal host. Thank you. Right on. And also, from the deepest, darkest depths of Kentucky, we have Travis. Hey, everybody. Horde of Notions is brought to you each and every week by the fine folks at LegitMTG.com. I've recently received my order, and I am ready to build eggs in modern and make everybody very, very angry. Excellent prices, too. They've got kitchen finks under $7.50. Awesome, awesome deal. So, what uh, what have you been playing this week, Travis? Uh, This week, um, the finals of the SCG Open this morning caught my eye, and I watched the Elfwave deck, and I've been playing it most of today. Oh, that deck was hilarious. So those of you who didn't, uh, for the people who didn't see it, what what was the uh, deck list? It had a bunch of one mana mana accelerators, and it had the full package of birds, Llanowar elves, and arbor elf, um, elvish visionaries, elvish arch druid, uh, soul of the harvest, and then a full set of green sun zenith and genesis wave. And its main kill condition, other than just elf beats, was crater hoof behemoth, which yeah. when you have six creatures on the board and 20 mana from Archdruids is just nuts. Yeah, I think the innovation, though, was the splash of white for Village Bellringer and Restoration Angel, which was just crazy. So you, you drop your Restoration Angel, having floated all of your mana, uh, your Village Bellringer, having floated all your mana. You probably draw a card from your uh, Soul of the Harvest. Then you play Restoration Angel, having floated a whole bunch more mana, draw a card, Blink your village bell ringer, untap all your dudes, draw another card, drop Crater Hoof Behemoth, smash face. In theory. <laughs> <laughs> I've been playing it all day, and the Birthing Pod decks, it just destroys, but any deck that's running for Bonfire, it seems to just fold up. Well, the, the theory is that you play your Elvish Archdruid ASAP, because that puts them a turn behind on being able to Bonfire. Like, a Bonfire for one is useless then. If they're not also running some other form of removal, but I mean, I've had my Archdruids dismembered, Pillar of Flame, um, Miracle Bonfire on turn three or four is still usually enough. So, so long as you're not running into that cheap mass removal, it, it's really good, but when you're seeing those bonfires, or I've, I've had Magma Quake blasted me, Black Sun Zenith. Wait, 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 wait. Magma Quake? Magma Quake? Yes, someone was running Magma Quake as an instant... Uh, end of turn, walk your opponent's board type spell. Okay, I haven't seen that played at all in standard. I don't even think I own one. Really? You're like the person who's responsible for like getting blown out by non-real cards on a regular basis. I know, right? I got blown out while well, I didn't get blown out. It, fortunately, it, it didn't really delay, it just delayed me winning a turn, but I got uh, a bonfire counted by outwit on Friday. 
Ugh. Which does... <laughs> Counts a target spell that targets a player. <laughs> hey, at least it wasn't redirect. Uh, did you keep from flipping the table? Yeah, it was fine, because it was only a bonfire for three to clear his board. If it had been the combo bonfire, I would have been rather unpleasantly surprised. So did you do well with the deck? Uh, well, I'll let you finish up first, and then we'll talk about me. As, as far as the Elf Wave deck goes, it's definitely got potential depending on your metagame, but if you expect to be playing uh, red-green aggro a lot, or anything that just packs the full set of bonfires, you're probably going to have trouble. I know when I played Travis Wu's deck, uh, that was the biggest thing I was worried about. was, And he had sideboard tech in the form of gutter grime. There's also... Uh, face reward and uh, fresh meat, which can do, you know, it's functionally the same thing. Well, I've tried, been trying safe passage also. I think it's safe passage. Yep. He had one of those in the board, I think I remember hearing on the uh, commentary today. And I've also been trying out uh, Creeping Renaissance as a way, you know, they wipe my board the next turn and just get everything back. Yeah, and if, if you do have, because like, you can easily t- land a turn three or turn four Soul of the Harvest, so if you do land that before they find the bonfire, they are not bonfiring you. So even if they clear away your mana dudes, anything you lay after that is gas. Oh, yeah, I managed to get two down on the game right before we started podcasting, and uh, every time I played an elf, drawing two cards felt nasty. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Unseen. So in, have you seen the price of Soul of the Harvest? Five dollars. Okay, this morning they were a dollar forty-nine. Glad I got five. Right now. Yeah, that's what they still are on on uh, legit MTG, but they are sold out for a foil sold of the harvest at a dollar forty nine. So that should not come as any surprise, given the success that the Elf Wave deck had this weekend. Yes, Chris Lansdale called it. You heard it here, folks. I didn't call it. Sold the harvest? Did I call it? Well, you were pretty adamant about it. You were okay. like, with Titans gone, this this is that's be right. The stuff. I said it could. Po- I said it could potentially replace Primeval as the six drop. I did say that. Now that you mention it, yeah. All right, well, you, got, you, know? you got one nice moment out of me. <laughs> well, depending on what we see in uh, Ravnica, I mean, it definitely could become a good a staple of the format. It's, it's definitely got a stupid ability. Well, I mean, Glimpse of Nature was good, and this is a Glimpse of Nature that beats for six. Hmm. But it's also a Glimpse of Nature that costs six. So you're definitely going to have some kind of ramp shell to make it good. Yeah, what a shame there's no elves in Oh, wait. <laughs> but what, one of the things that this deck has got me wondering is, looking at the deck we talked about last week and playing this today, is there some shell where we could put Gilded Lotus into a Genesis Wave deck, like green and some other color, and do some really nasty things? I'll tell you, I am not a fan of Genesis Wave if we're going big. I am a much bigger fan of Primal Surge. Or, or Primal Surge. In the Elf Wave deck, Genesis Wave is better, because if you go for four or five, chances are you're going to be able to keep in play everything that you hit. With Primal Surge, the, de- the, the way I was running it, nothing I was wanting to put in play cost less than five. So I was playing eight mana for a Genesis Wave, and that would only get me like three or four permanents in the deck. Really, everything was six to eight mana that I wanted to put into play. So at that point, Primal Surge is just better. Is there some kind of like two or three card combo though that could benefit from having multiple cards put into the field at the same time? I don't know. Maybe something we can just talk about. Another. Yeah, yeah that that might be something worth uh, thinking about. And listeners, if you have any ideas of a way to make a primal surge or genesis wave 
just win the game like automatically, not that it normally does in any way. Uh, feel free to let us know. We're always willing to, to hear what you have to suggest. Yeah, and then practicing with the deck we talked about last week, this week, um, a Gild- Gilded Lotus really isn't that hard to get on the board, and it, it nope. you explode once you get it on there. It's like suddenly yes, you've got 10 mana, oh well. And plus, once you do have it in play, you know, Deceiver Exarch is free. Deceiver Exarch was good all week, too. Yeah, that card does a lot of work right now. It blocks Blade Splicer tokens and taps down a Restoration Angel. It uh, it's pretty uh, it's it's pretty good. So I did play the deck we talked about. I made a few changes. I spoke to Pro Tour Everson Restored Champion Alex Hain and got some uh, tips on the deck. I took the Rampant Growths out for Birds of Paradise just because they work better with Birthing Pod. Uh, I added an Acidic Slime, even though he suggested taking it out. I took the Blue Sun Zenith out because I figured we had enough ways to kill. And it just, we went the way we went because we wanted the deck to be good when it didn't draw the combo, and Blue Sun isn't really. Did you add Desolate Lighthouse, like I suggested? I did. I had one Desolate Lighthouse in there, maybe two. No, I had one. I, I needed an extra green because... Uh, with birds over rampant growth, you really want that first turn untapped green source. Yeah. So I added the extra un- uh, extra forest, took out one desolate lighthouse. I kept the wolf run in there, and I went two hunt masters. Uh, I put two birthing pod in and cut one of each of the combo pieces. I cut one uh, exarch and one navigator because I figured I could pod into them. And I went two emissary and three visionary, just to help with the ramp. Uh, the list will be in my article, which should be up either the day you read this or the day before you read this. Or listen to this, read I should this. say. Shut up, Will. Um, <laughs> so you'll be, able to nice see, moment. you'll be able to see the full list. But I went 3-1-1. One, and one. Uh, I lost to Mono Black Zombies because I had no idea if anyone was still playing that deck. And I had no sideboard against it whatsoever. And I drew with Solar Flare because, well, it's Solar Flare. You sound all sad saying that. Well, I mean, how do you... You know, Solar Flare takes forever to do anything, and they hold you off. And I still had a chance to win on the last two turns of the game if I had ripped a bonfire. I had enough to basically hardcast it without the combo and kill him. So I don't get people who play decks like that at FNM. But you, you forget that our FNM is not fun. Our FNM is competitive because for most people, it's the only tournaments they play in. Right. Oh, no, but like similar to... Uh, if you remember Zendikar and... Um not Sajiri Steep, Amiria, the Sky Ruin. Like, there's yeah. people that played Mono White and played that, and it's like, guys, like, your games take forever. Like, basically, if you win, it's because you won the first game, and the second game is a draw. Like, why do you do this to yourself? Some of well, us some like people... those games. I know, like, the, one of the last Friday Mag- Magics I went to, I played Turbo Fog. It, <laughs> it's fun to watch the expression on your opponent's face. Some people can play control and play quickly. I mean, you saw me well when I was in Montreal. I played that control deck, and I went to time once. It, and they were 40-minute rounds. Yeah, it's like when I was playing Cobblade and the mirror match. I never went to time. I was like, play quicker, or, you know, we're going to have troubles. Now, having said that, I did play Turbo Fog in round five on Friday night, and I was kind of worried because I know he plays Safe Passage, and Safe Passage is really good against decks that win by bonfiring you out. <laughs> so I was kind of worried about it, but it turns out that Acidic Slime Pad with Deadeye Navigator is really good. <laughs> so was Elvis Visionary paired with Deadeye Navigator? 
Well, not when he's trying to mill you, it isn't. <laughs> <laughs> but he had three in the in the second game. He put down three rights of flourishing, and I had Elvish. I had the acidic slime in hand. And I'm like, I'm I'm not casting this. I'm just going to take all his lands out and kill him. <laughs> I don't want to uh, to to get rid of the four cards that I'm drawing because I know that I'm going to draw the combo before he draws a way to stop it, and that's exactly what happened. So I won with blinking inferno titan. Uh, bonfire and infinite Huntmaster tokens. Infinite. Okay, four hundred and eighteen million smart eyes. Right. Also, four hundred eighteen million life. Uh, well, no, it's actually eight hundred and thirty-six million yeah. life because you. And two al- life. <laughs> also, they're wolf wolf tokens. They're not Huntmaster tokens. Shut up, Omni Science boy. Read re- re- how the card <laughs> is spelled. Maybe you need to explain the combo again for uh, listeners who may not have listened to last week's. People, there, there are people who didn't listen to last week's show. There are those closeted people under bridges in the cities who just didn't manage to hear our wisdom last week. But Travis, it was so good. We spoke about magic cards and everything. Are you sure? I don't remember talking about magic cards. I remember saying a lot of things that had to get taken off because we're a PG cast. (laughs) (laughs) So the combat works thusly. You have a Gilded Lotus in play. You play Deceiver Exarch, and you untap... Gilded Lotus. You play Dead Eye Navigator, you pair it with your Deceiver Exarch, and then you blink the Deceiver Exarch, paying two blue mana, which you get normally from your Gilded Lotus. When Deceiver Exarch comes back into play, you untap it and tap it again for three blue mana, and rinse and repeat. Actually, don't rinse because the cards get all soggy, but do repeat. Numerous times. And I learned that this deck is, sounds fantastic in the real world, but it is a pain to play online. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> Any unbounded combo is a pain to play online because opponents will make you click through it. Especially when you... when uh, I know one of the times I was playing this week with it, I had Desolate Lighthouse on the card at hand, so I was going to draw till I found my uh, win condition, which means I had to click enough to make three times the amount of mana I needed to draw out. It was just... After like 150 clicks, I said, all right, can you just concede? You know I'm what I'm going to do, and it's going to win. And fortunately, my opponent agreed. Oh, wow. Normally, they're just like, nope. Hey, not everybody on MTGO is a douchebag, just a few that are okay. very vocal. So that happened. Um, the deck's real. Uh, we sent it in to Gavin, and we'll find out. It, uh, actually, we'll probably know by the time this has gone out whether or not it uh, it won the contest that week. I'm hoping it does. He actually told me he thought it was a really sweet deck and it looked like a blast to play. And it is a blast to play. Not online, but in paper it is. It's not cheap. Um, Which is why I've been trying to... Yeah. (laughs) You guys sent... Afford the 150 bucks for the bonfires. (laughs) Yeah, you guys sent the list and I was like, wow, this looks a whole lot of fun to play and I'll put it together. And I was like, oh, I don't own a place that a bonfires... Well, neither did I. Uh, I had to borrow two. What are you talking about? You have, like, every card. No, not quite. I do have a fairly expensive collection, um, but I did not have a place at a bonfires. I uh, I have three now, but I uh, had to borrow two for Friday. I, but it also contains two Huntmasters, which aren't cheap. Um, I'm not sure what Inferno Titan's going for. I can easily find out. Chris, was it you that pointed out this week that bonfires the first... Non-Planeswalkers card to hit forty bucks in Spain Slayer. Yes, it's forty bucks. Yes, it is. Uh-oh. Huntmaster of the Fells right now is going for seventeen dollars. Wow, that's dropped. 
bonfire. Let's see if it's well, changed. Yeah. You don't really want to be casting four mana spells when it's just going to get bonfired away. Uh, bonfire, you can get a bonfire foil and legit for $40, but they're out of stock, of course. Uh, Inferno Titan. And, of course, I wasn't playing the normal Inferno Titan. I was playing the Duels of the Planeswalkers promo Inferno Titan. Of course. Well, I mean, you have to, really, don't you? They're at four ninety nine, so that's not too bad. The what else was in the deck that's expensive? Zealous Conscripts is not bad because you can get a foil in the uh, in the event deck, not the event deck, the intro deck for uh, Avacyn Restored. Uh, Solemn, didn't you run a couple of Solemn Simulacrum? Yeah, I had two Solemns in there. Uh, foils, Avacyn, uh, foils, Zealous Conscripts seven fifty. Regulars only three fifty. Solemns are not too bad, or they shouldn't be, especially since they're rotating out. Yeah, I think three Solemns. three fourths of the cost of the deck are made up in bonfires and huntmasters. Yeah, about three fifty. So you know, you apart from the bonfires and huntmasters, the deck is not that bad. I mean, the mana base even is not that expensive because you're playing mostly Innistrad duels, but it's still not cheap. I know when I was playing online, since I don't have the bonfires right now, I was substituting Devil's Play because the flashback was easy with Gilded Lotus, and it it seemed to work eh, okay. But um, also used Devastation Tide, which it's it's sure stalled for a long time, but it, you don't have that I win feeling of casting the bonfire. Yeah, for sure, and like, the, that's the thing about the deck. A bonfire. The reason we went with that is because it's awesome on its own. Uh, it keeps you alive, and then when you draw it, you kill people with it. And you are playing a ramp deck, like I said, with the Guild of Lotus. You're going to have nine, ten mana. It's easy just to kill them with bonfires. Yeah. I mean, one of the games I won, I never even saw a Gilded Lotus. So, several of the games I won, I never saw a Gilded Lotus. So that's a good sign for a deck like this, where it is a combo deck, but the cards around the combo are not terrible. And also not but, completely required. Right. I mean, you can, this deck can easily win without ever drawing the combo. Because, you mean, you still got, like, Huntmaster and Zealous Conscripts, and you still got Birthing Pod Chain to go up. And I mean, there's, You don't need the combo, it's just really good. <laughs> <laughs> and also, having a Phantasmal Image and a Phyrexian Metamorph in the main deck uh, really helped against other pods, because it let me cheat. Not cheat, cheat, but cheat on the curve, so I could get up to the 6 faster for Deadeye. Deadeye really impressed me. Deadeye Navigator, I think, is the card in that deck. If this deck does get good or something similar to it that gets good, Deadeye Navigator is the key. Uh, I know Cedric Phillips won a PTQ this weekend with a band pod list. I don't know if he was running Navigator. You can get foil Deadeye Navigators for $1.50 right now. It definitely impressed me. I hadn't thought it was going to... I thought it was just a little too junky to work, but so long as you can keep another creature in, it's like so... Was it so... I can never remember the name of the... Stupid Bill Harvest, Soulbound or whatever. Oh. So uh, Soulbound. Soulbound. Yeah. Until you actually pl- until I actually play with the, f- the ability, I thought it was dirt, but it's it's actually pretty strong. Oh, it's really good. I know I've, I've uh, moved Silverblade Paladins into a lot of my pod decks just because how strong those things are. Silverblade Paladin is one of those cards that I'm not entirely sure how good it is. It's. Probably better than I think it is, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it makes sense. It's been really good for me and Pod, just being able to drop it out of nowhere. Hey, look, my uh, Restoration, Angel, Restoration Angel hits for six now. What are you going to do? Yeah. Restoration Angel is um, 
ridiculous. I copied more of those with the clones this weekend than anything else, or on Friday with any than any did anything else, and it's just really good. Yes, you should definitely have a playset of that card by now. <laughs> if you don't, you're going to regret it. <laughs> well, <laughs> they're not- probably not because they're pretty easily accessible. Uh, Restoration Angel, eleven dollars right now. What? Uh, wow. So that's why I get all my cards out of packs or trading. <laughs> it goes much easier. That or doing coverage. Coverage is also quite nice for getting cards. Or, you know, writing articles. That's also pretty good, I hear. Nah, too much time involved. All right, so what about you, Will? What have you been doing? Uh, as the terrible host that I am, I have not been playing Magic. Been doing other stuff, no Magic, though. Been playing Dark Souls. A lot of Dark Souls, actually. Okay, well, we'll save that for the moment of geekery. So, since you're such a terrible person, we'll, uh, we'll ignore you and pretend you don't exist. Okay. The main topic for this week is, as it always is around this time, the two event decks that have come out. Uh, a lot of you have emailed me and said this is your favorite uh, cast that we do, where we look at the event decks and uh, tell you which one is better and tell you how to improve them. Uh, it's definitely my favorite one to do. Uh, I like talking about the decks and... Yeah, it gives us a good chance to, uh, to flex our brewing muscles and hopefully give you guys some tips on how to look at these decks and analyze them critically. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but these decks seem really good. One of them does for sure. The other one, eh, not so much. Re- repeat performance is right in my wheelhouse. Well, I mean, uh, just just looking at it, it seems like a really easy deck to fix immediately. A certain card that costs ten ninety nine, in fact, that we just mentioned. So let's start with repeat performance. Travis, you want to read us the deck list? Uh, 12 forest, 8 plains, 2 razor verge thicket, so you got 2 good lands. Acidic slime, 2 arbor elf, 3 attended knight, 4 avacyn's pilgrim, 1 blade splicer, 3 borderland ranger, 1 brutalizer exarch, 2 elvish visionary, 1 fiend hunter, 1 geist honored monk, 1 glimmer point stag, 4 lanawar elves, 1 monwuli beast tracker, Four Roaring Primadox, one Stinger, Stinger Fling Spider, one Stonehorn Dignitary, one Sunblast Angel, one Thrag Tusk, one Green Sun Zenith, four Lead the Stampede, and sideboard as Cloud Shift, uh, Dismember, Kemba Skyguard, Oblivion Ring, and War Priest Athun. The first thing that springs to my mind is why does Wizards hate the price of Green Sun Zenith? Is this the third or the fourth event deck they put it in? Yeah, I think the other thing that's interesting, though, is that, like, they're not really fostering a an environment where, like, the cards will see some continuity, right? Because Green Sun Zenith is, is banned in Modern. Yeah, and it, they did this last year with the M12 event decks. They put in a lot of cards that were about to rotate. <laughs> Which seems like an odd thing to do, because, you know, I guess you kind of want to add cards in that, one, will be able to see standard play, but if you want to grow Modern, that people will be able to say, hey, look, you know, this can be played in modern, or this can be, you know, transferred. Well, when you, when you bear in mind the target market for these decks, like, these decks come branded with a big old sign that says "perfect for FNM." So, modern is not an FNM format. No, I know, but if you want to like grow your business, essentially, you go from, you know, standard to modern, right? Yeah, 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 for sure. Or even, uh, even to things like EDH. I mean, Green Sun is good in EDH. I, I would play it. Yes, it is. It's very good in <laughs> yeah. EDH. All right. But I, I agree with you. It does seem strange putting cards that are about to rotate out. But 
these these things are coming out this weekend uh, in time for game day. They're hoping people will pick them up and play them at game day. Pro tip: people who plan to win game day will not be picking these up. Um, and they will be playable for basically two two and a half months, or well, just about two months. Actually, you know, I plan to win game day, and I'll probably pick this up just for the Thrag Tusk. Well, they won't be playing it. <laughs> so these normally retail for twenty four ninety nine. I think I could be wrong on that. I think that sounds right. That's normally right. Well, normally the better one is twenty four ninety nine. The worst one is nineteen ninety nine. So I mean, the Thrag Tusk alone is pretty good value at that price. Blade Splasters become a uh, a key card in a lot of the decks. Razor Verge thinks it's really good. I mean, this is a strong event deck. Thrag Tusk is sold out at twelve ninety nine. So you buy one of those and a Green Sun. I believe last time I checked was eight ninety nine. So just double check. Green Sun Zenith is seven forty nine sold out. So that's almost twenty dollars. That is, it's over twenty dollars worth of value in two cards. So this deck is ridiculous value. Is it any good though? Compared to what? I mean, it's definitely got some strong synergies. And uh, running into the right matchup, it, it could be. I mean, um, it's got the Rory, Primadoc, Stonehorn, Dignitary combo that you, if the deck doesn't have a way to answer it, they're never going to be able to win. That's so funny. <laughs> it's like the Battle of Ancelot. <laughs> <laughs> Except it's not better because you have to cast the Dignitary every turn. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Primadox is doing an awful lot of work in this deck, and it's only an uncommon, so that's unusual, but then again, it reminds me a lot of Stampeding Wildebeest, which is one of my favorite cards in Visions. I mean, just pretty much everything in this deck is either cheap and therefore not bad to bounce, or gives you value when you bounce it. it bouncing a Stingerfling Spider just seems so brutal in this meta. What about bla- bouncing a Sunblast Angel? Oh, against that Elves deck? Like if you can survive one turn and then just like bounce Sunblast Angel, kill you? Pretty much. How many rares are in this? Two rays of Verge. Blade Splicer has three. Thrag Tusk is four. Sunblast, five. Gaston or Monk, six. Green Sun, seven. Seven? Seven rares? Is that not a bit obscene? Well, that's what they're going for, no? Six? Normally, it's Normally six. you have six. Yeah, this has seven. That's, um, I mean, I'm even, not weird, even weirder is that the lands are good, right? Like, they're not like the M10 or M11 duels. Right. <laughs> they are about the M10. Yeah. But or it's not like, M12. Yeah. It's not like people who play. Oh, no, but normally it's like, you know, Drowned Catacombs or, uh, the other ones that. Rootbound Crags on Petal Grove. There we go. Yeah. It is surprising that it's not some Petal Grove instead of Razor Verge. Yeah. I mean, uh, I can see. it's rotating, right? But Razor Verge is playable in Modern. Yes, definitely. And that that means that even if people only play Standard, they should be able to trade those off. Yeah. Yeah, like, they're still going to retain some value afterwards. Let's break this down. First of all, let's start with the land. Is 22 land enough for this deck? Probably not. I mean, it's, it's so running two Arbor Elf and four Pilgrim, but I'd still like to see one or two more. I went and three Borderland Ranger. So, I mean, there's a lot of ramp here. There's Lanoir Elf, Arbor Elf, Pilgrim, Borderland Ranger. There's a lot of ways to get land. But you also have Acidic Slime at five, Brutalizer at six, Geist Monk at five, 
uh, Stinger Fling at five, Sunblast at six, Thrag Tusk at five. And if you're trying to use the Roaring Primadox combo-ish type thing, you're definitely going to be yeah, eating a lot of mana. Yeah, and you're going to want to be... Uh, even though, even if you do it with the Stonehorn and are able to hold them off each turn, you really need to be developing your mana so that eventually you can do more than one thing. Or Thrag Tusking every turn. <laughs> So, possibly maybe one or two more lands in the deck. And they should probably be Sun Petal Groves. Or another, ra- or another Razor Verge Thicket. Yeah. I don't like Gavany in the deck, simply because all of our creatures are likely to be returning to our hand at some point. I don't know, though. You do have the uh, ten one-drop uh, Man Accelerators. I mean, dropping two or three of those in Gavany and going right to town pumping them, that that could be an alternate route to victory. That's possible, too. Maybe one of those. You don't want to stretch your mana too much, because there's a lot of double cost in this, especially double white, which is weird, considering that that's our secondary color. Maybe just... Right, I said, sorry, go ahead. Maybe just add one Gabony for a land, take it up to 23. Yeah, I could see that. Although, if you have Sun Petals and, and two extra Razor Verge, I think you probably want to run them. Instead of forests and plains, just to, I mean, you don't want to go too far down because of the Arbor Elf and Borderland Rangers, but you know, give yourself that ability to smooth your mana. Uh, let's see. So acidic slime is not going anywhere. I don't think any of us would uh, would cut that from this deck. You agree with that, Will? I do agree with that. Even if Alexander Hand does not. <laughs> Different deck. Arbor Elf is staying. Yes, but I've, I've, I've never heard the words cut acidic slime. No. No. <laughs> okay. Never heard of too many acidic slimes. Well, five would be too many. Well, yeah, but you know that's another problem. <laughs> we are not. Um, what do we think about attended night? If you have blade splicers, blade splicers are definitely better. But if not, it makes a reasonable proximity. Well, sure. Blade splicers already in the deck. I don't know if we want four, even between the two of them. Maybe just go to two or three Blade Splicer? Or do we want four? Are we going to be adding the Angel? Because if so, then I'd say four. Yes, we will be adding four Restoration Angel to this deck somewhere. Then definitely four. Because turn two Blade Splicer, turn three Angel. uh, uh, Unless they have Mass Removal, that's just a lot of decks really far behind. Okay. You on board with that, Will? Yes. I'm a big fan of Restoration Angel. The card's pretty... So is Mark, my friend Mark, who was on an episode of our show, uh, who, uh, when it came out, thought it and Cloud Shift were the two best cards in Everson Restored. Uh, he has since stopped smoking crack, but still believes Restoration Angel is a very good card. Borderland Ranger, three seems like too many. I think two might be the right number. That sounds fair. Brutalizer Exarch is once again in an event deck. It's still not good. <laughs> What what does it do in the metagame that we need it at the moment? It does pretty much the same thing Acidic Slime does. Well, it's more of a tempo hit than Acidic Slime. Oh, no, it's not. It's not on the top. It's on the bottom. So, yeah, it's basically Acidic Slime. That, if need be, can get you a creature instead, and it does have a bigger body. And it can also hit Planeswalkers, but it doesn't have Death Touch. And, I mean, I would never want to bounce this with Primadox. I mean, paying six mana every turn for a marginal effect... Well, it could be critical, right? Well, the, it, if, you, if you're searching the creature up, it only puts it on the top of your library. Really? Yes. Oh, well, then that's my bad. It doesn't put it in your hand. 
Uh, Elvish Visionary, yeah, I'm fine with two. Fiend Hunter, I'm barring the shenanigans with Restoration Angel in response to its trigger. I'm not a big fan of Fiend Hunter just because it's so easy to get blown out. Agreed. I I know playing Niapod, like, there was, there was one because it was kind of, like, it was crucial to the deck in some points, but it was really, like, just if you could kill that turn, then you'd pot it up. Otherwise, it was, you know, they're they're getting the creature back. It's not doing what you want it to do. See, I like it. I think it actually works in the format. It resets um, Delver. If they drop the Blade Splicer, it takes away the token. It takes away tokens from uh, Huntmaster and makes them null and void when they attack. Um it's got a. It's still got a good range of use in the format. I think. I mean, I, I used it in modern in my uh, Niapod deck. It also has the drawback of being able to blow you out completely if they kill it in mid combat, which is less of an uh, less of an issue for O Ring. But uh, man, I mean, for one, I guess we could leave one in. Geistonad Monk, I really like. Hey, and if you do leave one in, you can search for it with the Brutalizer Exarch. Which has already been taken out for Restoration <laughs> Angel number one. <laughs> so we've taken out one Borderland Ranger and one Exarch for two Restoration Angels. So we still need two more Restoration Angels to fit somewhere. Uh, Geist Honored Monk, I love that card. I don't think it sees anywhere near enough play. Especially in a deck like this where we're going to be making all of those golems. And uh, what else have we got here to make tokens? Oh, Thrag Tusk, yeah. <laughs> So I think I think Geistonid Monk needs to stay. And blinking Geistonid Monk is just unfair. If you flash in an angel, blink Geistonid Monk, and then all of a sudden you have a 3-4 flying blocker, two more spirits to block with, and a gigantic Geistonid Monk. You are too excited right now. You're going you're gonna to need to chill out on Back this. Back away minute. from the mic. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Glimmer Point Stag is coming out. Yeah, definitely. Right. I mean, it blinks something. It's just their cheaper yeah, version of Restoration Angel, I think. Yeah, but there's better ways to blink stuff, right? Well, you mean like Restoration Angel? Which is the same converted mana cost, flies, isn't double white, has an extra point of toughness, and blinks it immediately? And is an angel. What's that got to do with anything? Well, that makes the card better. If you say so. It also can't blink itself. So. One either can glimmer point stag. Never mind. So, yeah, Glimmer Point Stag is out for the Restoration Angel number three. So we only need to find one more Restoration Angel. Whoop, whoop. Four Lanoir Elves, fine. Ugh. Monvuli Beast Tracker. I'm not a fan. What do we th- well, what can it find in this deck? Uh, Stinger Fling. Acidic Slime. Does it get something with Vigilance? No. No. Nope. No, there's so, nothing in green that has Vigilance. Yes, there is. Village Survivors. Is that it? Can I just get the Stinger Fling Spider and the uh, Acidic Slime? Acidic Slime. Yep, that's it. It doesn't get do first strike, so it can't get the Attended Knight. I think we found huh. our fourth Restoration Angel. You could be right. I mean, if the, if if there was something here that we really wanted to get, I could see it. But apart from the Stinger Fling, I mean, and we're running Green Suns anyway, and probably more than one. Yeah, I think I think that's coming out for Restoration Angel number four. Uh, Stonehorn, Stonehorn Dignitary is, is yeah, that's not going anywhere, is it? Are we taking that out? Should we, is, or is that a sideboard card? Maybe. Is there really a deck you want to be sideboarding it? 
uh, elves? Yeah, be really uh, good no, no, but I meant, like, is there a deck that, like, you really don't want it in and that you really want it just as a sideboard? Hmm. Like, I think having it in on a regular basis is the better option. Well, the only thing is we have no way to search it up, right? It's, we, we have to naturally draw it, because you can't find it with a beast tracker, even if we kept that in. You can't green sun for it. Yeah, right, there's no birthing pot in this deck. Oh, I think we might be fixing that. Do you think we really need four Roaring Primadox? Or with three? Probably not. Four, I don't think we need four, considering that we're playing uh, Restoration Angel now. I, I mean, agree. that, you know, I mean, bouncing Restoration Angel with Roaring Primadox is pretty much the nut high in this deck. Plus, but I don't still. want to ever run into that board state where the only two creatures you have are two Roaring Primadox, and you have to pay eight mana a turn to keep them on the board. And can never attack again. <laughs> Yeah, that seems terrible. Yeah, I think, I mean, Stonehorn, like you said, I don't think, I can't think of a deck where we wouldn't be bringing it in. So, not in this current meta anyway. There are some decks that see fringe play that you're thinking, uh, it's not that good. I mean, stuff like Blue-Black Control. But they're so fringe that you can just side it out against them. I mean, it's not like it's a dead card against them. You can still play it if they do have their Grave Titan or their Vampire Nighthawk or whatever out. So, yeah, I think I think that stays main. You know, I think this deck would be a whole lot better if you were just to buy two of them and then just compress them <laughs> and, and come up with better numbers on some of the cards. Well, the only problem with that is you'd still need to find four Restoration Angels, so... Because, I mean, th- there's no way we're playing this deck without Restoration Angel, right? Right. And I would pro- yeah, probably just... try to put at least one more Thrag Tusk. Oh, Thrag Tusk is so good. The card is not remotely sensible. It's... Mm, Alright. You shush. But we haven't quite got there. Sunblast Angel. Okay, now. If it had Flash, it would be the greatest card I've ever seen. Because you could just flash it in in response to them declaring attackers, and then that would be game over. Oh my goodness, it doesn't work with Restoration Angel. What? Yeah, you can't bleak it. Maybe there's her uh, extra Thrag Tusk. Oh, yeah, that does bear some thinking about. You can't blink it. It's an angel. Mm. You can Roaring Primadox it. It's a shame because I actually really like Sunblast Angel, and if we're going to bring Pod in, I like it even more. Because Podding into Sunblast Angel when they have a bunch of tap dudes, especially if they're playing a bunch of mana dudes... The thing about Sunblast, uh, I was going to say that we use a lot of mana dudes to, for ramp. Doesn't that seem counterintuitive with Sunblast Angel? Well, it's like, hey, I, I think tap three it, lands and three guys to kill off my team. Well, you would only kill off your three dudes that you tap to play it, and I think that's an acceptable thing if you need to clear the board. So maybe she's more of a sideboard card against the hyperactive decks, where you know you've just wasted all of your team blocking to stay alive. And then you untap and drop this, and then you have a 4-5 flyer, and they have nothing. So, mm. Definitely, if you're keeping her, definitely in the sideboard, I think. Yeah, alright, so she goes, because the sideboard is terrible in this deck. Like, the only card I want to keep in there is Dismember. You're not impressed so, by War Priest of Thane. If there were any enchantments that saw play in this format, I would be very happy to keep War Priest of Thune in there. Go ahead, name all of the played enchantments in this format right now. Bitter Blossom. Ring. Oblivion Ring, Honor of the Pure, Intangible Virtue. Honor of the Pure is rotating. 
I can't remember the last time I played against a deck with intangible virtue. Oblivion Ring is a thing. And Rancor is also a thing. But let's face it, doing this to Rancor is just a speed bump. Omniscience? <gasps> Travis! He said it correctly. Oh, I'm so proud. Also, you guys are forgetting one enchantment. What? Uh, we built a deck around it. Battle of Wits. Hey, there you go. <laughs> if someone plays Battle of Wits and it dies to War Priest of Thune, I will, I will crap myself with humor. I will get up off my couch and go to wherever the tournament is and high-five that person. <laughs> Actually, I, I, I think this is a story their likeness. <laughs> okay, story time. Go for it, Whoa. Uh, so around here on Tuesdays, there's a legacy event, and uh, this is probably back about a year or so ago. Uh, one of my friends, Joey, wanted to play in a legacy event but didn't have a deck. So there's a bunch of EDH guys that were playing, he's like, could I borrow one of your decks to play legacy? And they're like, well, you have to change some cards because they're not legal. So I think there, there was like a demonic tutor, three or four cards that he had to change. Anyways, switch them out, registers for legacy. There's a guy that shows up playing Battle of Wits. Uh, so, you know, he brought the whole 250-card deck or whatnot. Round one, he's paired against uh, Joey. And sure enough, on turn, I believe it was turn two, uh, he goes show and tell, right? So Joey, like, snap picks his card, puts it down. The guy picks his up card. He reveals Battle of Wits. And then Joey reveals War Pierce the Thune. <laughs> and the guy's in utter disbelief. <laughs> so just because Joey's Joey's a slight troll, so just to rub it in more, he's like, "Oh yeah, buddy, just just so you know, there's one thing in this deck that gets rid of enchantments, <laughs> and that is why Magic is a great game." <laughs> uh, you you mad? I mean, bro? he's he still got crushed. <laughs> Because he was playing an EDH deck, but that moment right there was hilarious. <laughs> the guy was not happy. Oh, that's brilliant. Okay, story time over. Story time well, over. over. So uh, I think we're going to have to take some blast out for Thrag Task. That sounds viable. And then just switch the lead the stampedes to uh, an extra green suns and three pod. Do we want three pod or two pod and three zenith? I think we want three pod and two zenith just because. There's plenty of white creatures in this deck. That's right. Uh, and Zenith is a bit useless against them, or with them. I mean, at least with Green Sun on turn two, you should realistically be able to get yourself a mana dock so that on uh, on turn three you can go for four mana. Uh, so I think, yeah, two Zenith and three pod instead of one Zenith and four lead the Stampede. That also makes our sideboard with four Oblivion Ring and two Dismember in it, and three Cloud Shift, less stupid. I agree. Uh, so, Sunblast out, Thrag Tusk in, lead the Stampede out for one Zenith and three Pod. So, I mean, you can pretty much go up the curve here. There's something at every stop. Uh, do we want Solemn instead of Borderland Ranger? Borderland Ranger can get picked up with Green Sun, right? Yes, it can. Um, but Solemn has the double whammy off the Birthing Pod and puts it into play. I Having th- said I that... I think one Solemn would be good, although our four spot is definitely starting to get crowded with four uh, Angel and three Primadox. Yeah. 
and our three slot is looking re- really slim because we'd only have blade spices and uh, the one fiend hunter, and you probably don't want to be put to sending a fiend hunter through pod. So okay, we will um, will not bother with solemn, which seems weird in this deck. One other card I would like to consider: Phyrexian Metamorph. Yeah, that certainly makes sense, especially if you're able to bounce it all the time and just copy something else. Indeed. That is costing you two life, though. Uh, yeah. Maybe you're copying Huntmasters. Which we don't have. <laughs> but they do. We do have Thrag Tusk, though. So, well, maybe maybe Metamorph. Also, we, we're stopping our curve at five. We took out the six drop, or the two six drops. Are we happy with that? Because that also means we can't go up to Big, uh, Big Mama Norn at seven. Who needs her? Just bonfire away. We don't actually have bonfire either, Will. Oh no, but we'll get bonfired way before they can. We can cast uh, Elishorn. That's nice and optimistic. <laughs> All right, so no Elishorn. No Elishorn. No Elishorn. Side sideboard. I don't think cloud shift is needed since we put the restoration angels in. Uh, I will never argue with oblivion rings or dismembers for that matter. Kemba's Skyguard and Warpriest of Thune are clearly going away. Although, I could see keeping one or two Warpriests in against Oblivion Rings. But Skyguard and Cloudshift need to go. Uh, what uh, what can we replace? What do you think of... Um, oh, no, Midvast Protector only gives one creature protection. Also, you can't put more Restoration Angels in the sideboard. No, you can't. Just saying. Because I know that's <laughs> where you were going. No, I was thinking of Midvast Protector because I thought it gave all of your creatures protection from a color, but it only does one. Also, probably have to get rid of that Kemba Skyguard. Yeah, we already said that. Safe passage. It's possible. I mean, if we're going to be holding a mana to uh, tease with the angel anyway, it gives us another thing to do on their turn. And it does stop bonfire. I think we should get one island and one Venser that we can give everything unblockable. No. Just no. Once again, no. Um, thinking, 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 thinking. Divine Deflection? I'm good with that. I'm fine with that. I mean, it's not as... Also, wasn't it in the last event deck? So, if you followed our advice yes, about the last event deck, one less card to buy. Yeah, and it's also not exactly expensive to pick up. Last time I checked, they were under $3. What about Plummet? Plummet's good, too. Divine Deflection is 79 cents, so they are not hard to pick up. And Divine Deflection, even for three against a Miracle Bonfire, is going to make their day very difficult to recover from. So does it prevent the the three damage to each creature? No. It prevents the next three damage dealt to you or sources, or permanents you control. So you could prevent three to you, or one to three different things, or two to one thing, or one to another thing. Okay. So you, if you if that's if you're smart, you can keep three creatures alive. You'll still take three to the face, but you still have a board full of creatures that they desperately needed to get rid of and couldn't. With dismember, do we really need plummet as well? Dismember just does more. What about celestial purge? But you're gonna be paying the life for the dismember, right? I'm a fan of plummet. Like not played against me. I hate it when people do that, but because it <laughs> creates a pretty big swing most of the time. But uh, I'm a fan of it. Yeah, okay. Uh, I can see Plummet. Celestial Purge is good in a Zombies-heavy meta game. Uh, it does take care of a lot of nasty things, like messengers and aristocrats and other things that we would otherwise have trouble dealing with. 
So I can also see that. I wouldn't argue with that being played. Also, if you make Bonfire permanent. Yeah, good luck with that. How about Thalia? Uh, not familiar with that card. If you mean Thalia... <laughs> we have another will! Um, Even I know it's not mm, Thalia. Hey, I'm a hillbilly. I've got an excuse. <laughs> Will's French. No, oh, I'm not. You live in Quebec. That Quebec. doesn't make me French. Okay, so, Thalia, yeah, I can see it. I mean, it doesn't really fit our theme. What would we bring it in against? What decks are playing lots of spells? Silver? Or the Tauran decks that won the SCG Open this week? <laughs> the other event deck? Yes, the other event deck would not like to see a Thalia. <laughs> uh, ups, your bo- ups your opponent's bonfire count by one. I suppose. What? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, no, count. It makes them spend more to, spell it, to play it, yeah. Yeah. Very true. Should we move on to the other event deck, then? Are we ready? Oh, yeah. not re- I'm not really ready for this, but, yeah, let's, let's do it. Let's do this. I shall read the deck list, since I'm pretty sure Will doesn't want to. I can read it, but people prefer the dulcet tones of a British accent, especially with the Olympics going on, to, you know, my voice. Sweet Revenge. Oh, God. Who is naming these decks? <laughs> one dark, li- dark Slick Shores, one Desolate Lighthouse, four Evolving Wilds, seven Island, nine Mountain, one Sulphur Falls, one Swamp, two Armored Scarb, four Fettergeist, one Firewing Phoenix, four Burning Vengeance, four Desperate Ravings, four Faceless Looting, three Forbidden Alchemy, two Geist Flame, three Pillar of Flame, one Red Sun Zenith, one Rolling Tamblor, one Silent Departure, two Slagstorm, four Think Twice, and then in the board, two Arc Trail, four Blood Crazed <laughs> Neonate, say what? <laughs> two Dismember, four Screeching Scarb, three Secrets of the Dead. That Neonate has to be like some kind of error. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, they explain why it's in the sideboard, in the write-up, and I still don't agree. So, this is a Burning Vengeance deck, which people have tried and has never been a real thing. What uh, What do we think? I think after the first deck, um, it, it just... Uh, I don't like it. Okay, this deck needs some tolerance. <laughs> this deck needs a lot of things, and tolerance isn't on the Okay, list. the other this thing... This deck definitely needs to play someone who does not pack any kind of graveyard. <laughs> okay. Unlike the other deck that had a bunch of good rares, this has a Dark Sixers, a Desolate Lighthouse, and a Sulphur Falls. You know, th- those are fine. But then it has two Slag Storms, which, you know, everyone has. And the one I don't understand, it has one Red Sensiness. Now, I'm pretty sure, not 100%, but pretty sure there's a spell that has a similar effect that also has Flashback. Yeah, you know, I, I seem to remember hearing something about that. And it's actually not rotating in October. <laughs> So we're talking about Devil's Play, and how Devil's Play doesn't make it into this deck is just mind-boggling. So in this deck, we've got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, doesn't have wild guess either. 6, 7, also 7 people, also 7 uh, res in this deck. Unfortunately, one of them is Firewing Phoenix. Oh, right, that's the other rare. Oh, that needs to go. The card is terrible. I mean, sure, you can discard it and then put, return it to your hand, but it's <laughs> terrible. 
It's Terry and Bad. You're paying eight mana for a four-two flyer. That without haste. That just bites at the pillar of flame. There must be other phoenixes though that don't have haste. Uh, I can't think of any. Sure, there has to be one. <laughs> I'm sure they do, but if I'm paying triple red and one to return this to my hand, I it better have haste when I play it the next turn. <laughs> It's just not good. Maybe you so, have to pay 8 mana for a blocker every turn. If you have to pay 8 mana for a blocker every turn, you've already lost. I mean, okay, so it does trade with a Restoration Angel, but still. Uh, oh, uh, uh, Bogarden Phoenix doesn't have haste. But when you pay the mana, does it come back to play? Uh, no, it's the one where it basically has... Uh, Undying slash uh, persist. Okay, so you don't actually have to pay any mana to put it back into play. Yeah, no, when it comes back into play, it gets, I think it's a death counter that it gets. Okay. And then if it has a death counter on it, the second time it dies, it's removed from the game. So basically, it's better than Firewing Phoenix. Yes. Okay, right. What about Kuldotha Phoenix? That has haste. Is that better than Firewing Phoenix? Uh, like, okay, yes. Yeah, Colossus Phoenix is a Metalcraft one. Yes, that's right. Yeah, it's better. What about Chandra's Phoenix? Is, is that better? Is that better? I'd say so. Okay. What about World Heart Phoenix? <laughs> I'm really stretching you here. <laughs> I know. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with yes because pretty much every card is better than <laughs> at least every Phoenix card. <laughs> Wild Heart Phoenix. Wild Heart Phoenix would actually go really well in this because it's a two-two flyer, and you can pay it, play it from your graveyard by playing Wooburg. Right, but and it also do... doesn't have haste. No, but it comes in with two plus one plus one counters on it. And in a Burning Vengeance deck, it would deal two damage when it came in. <laughs> or when you cast it, it wouldn't even have to hit play. So it basically has haste. <laughs> oh my god. People don't play Firewing Phoenix. Uh, maybe in draft. Maybe. Maybe. So, like, what do you think? Get rid of those seven cards, creatures, and put in, like, four tolerance? I don't mind Fetageist, to be honest with you. I'd prefer the Tolran, though, right? Because it's another win condition. Yeah. I think the easiest way to improve this deck would be to throw it in the trash and buy the other one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, just looking over this, there's so many cards you're going to have to put in to make it playable. Technically, that's not really improving it. <laughs> <laughs> you mug so, the seven-year-old coming out of the store and force him to take <laughs> this one in exchange for the other one. Horde of Notions does not endorse violence of any kind. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if anybody at Wizards of the Coast still listens to this podcast, especially those in the pit, but whoever designed this deck, you're fired. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's I mean, imagine if you get something with four toughness out against this. It, it, You're probably going to beat them very easily. But... The good thing is this deck has armored scubs. That has four toughness. How are you getting through that on the ground? <laughs> oh, God, I want to go home now. All right. Somebody somewhere is looking at this deck and wanting to play it. There's a shell of a decent Burning Vengeance deck here. Grixis Vengeance has sort of been on the fringe of Tier 4. Sure, if you put it down, <laughs> what I've been playing on Moto for, like, ever... So, Burning Vengeance, Desperate Ravings, 
I hate Desperate Ravings, but we all know that. Well, this Faithlessly has to go in there, that deck. But. Yeah, yeah. Forbidden Alchemy, Geist Flame, Pillar of Flame, that's all fine. Red Sun Zenith, go away. Oh, Pillar of Flame shouldn't be there. It doesn't have flashback. Okay, but you can... Uh, I, it's still efficient early removal. You sometimes two, need that. Two more Geist Flames. You need everything with flashback. You're going to have fun in an F&M, not be a tool. <sighs> all right. Red Sun Zenith is clearly being replaced by Devil's Play. <laughs> It's just not even <laughs> close. Okay, which, card, which card's better, though? Red Sun's, uh, Red Sun's Zenith or Firewing Phoenix? Oh, Red Sun's Zenith, not even close. <laughs> I mean, at least Red Sun's Zenith takes care of things like Garal's Messenger and and uh, Strangaroot Geist. Firewing Phoenix just goes dirtle dirtle. So we're Rolling are, are we just going to jettison all seven of those creatures? <laughs> Uh, all right, yeah, we'll put four tower end in there. Four tower end and three snapcaster. Why are we putting snapcaster in when everything already has flashback? Pillar of flame doesn't. <laughs> Will made me take them out. He's a meanie. Flagstorm doesn't. No, no, no. I've got it. I got it. It's tech. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Go. Luna Mystic. <laughs> This just does not seem good. Are you kidding me? You can draw so many cards. No, I found the deck in general. <laughs> it's, it's true. No, okay. Luna Mystic is not a bad option. Neither is Arcane Melee. I want to check. Is this deck, like, much less expensive? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this deck retails for four ninety nine. <laughs> No, I actually I like arcane melee in this deck because flashback is kind of expensive. Yeah, it's actually Which is why you don't play this deck. <laughs> no, no, I think I think someone could you know play this to a, a four and two finish um, if they're good players. Arcane arcane melee. There was an arcane melee deck that was played in block that did really well, and it had uh, mystic retrieval. Is that the one with the the red flashback that gets spells back from your graveyard? I don't know, I'm searching Google for Arcane Melee deck. Nope, and block. Uh, oh, there's apparently something at GP Anaheim. Maybe we need to run three Augur of Bolas instead of Snapcatcher. <laughs> yes, 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 I can get behind that. If we are going to try to fix this. I line up, if, I, if I land the Burning Vengeance and it dies to War Priest of Thune... <laughs> <laughs> No, I think this deck is much better. Yeah, I definitely think we want Mystic Retrieval in the deck. No, no, I meant like this Arcane Melee deck. <laughs> I'm putting it in the show notes. Uh, it's by it's a Grixis Control by Steve Guillerm, I believe. Oh, Guillermo, yeah, 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 Guillermo, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this deck is much better. Play this deck. Does it have Burning Vengeance in it? No. <laughs> Okay, well, we, if we want to keep to the Burning Vengeance shell, uh, Arcane Melee does okay. help you a lot. Can I point something out first that's very crucial? This deck sure. retails for $20, right? Mm -hmm. You can build pretty much the same deck for less than that by singles. You well, know, especially yeah. if, you, if, you don't take, <laughs> if you take out the Dark Slick Shores and the Sulphur Falls, this deck retails for like four ninety nine. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, I mean, we've, we've answered one of the questions we always ask, which is, which deck offers better value for money? <laughs> we've also answered another one, which is, which deck plays better out of the box? I also think the green-white deck is more fun. <laughs> However, if you want a challenge, I'm struggling here, folks. This, this, this forbidden alchemy thing is, is not terrible. Oh, God, yes, it is. All right. So long as okay. they don't play turn one now, Spellbomb, you've got it. <laughs> or, or, or Graf Digger's Cage. Actually, as long as they don't play turn one anything. <laughs> or Tormund's Crypt. I don't know, just like turn one anything, you should be all right. <laughs> Maybe that is what, that's why the Firewing Phoenix in there, so it can block all of the Restoration Angels you're going to face. <laughs> yep, because the bonfire for two that comes the turn before the Restoration Angel isn't going to kill it at all. Because you can bring it back, brah! <laughs> all right, seriously. Yeah. Put Arcane, put, put arcane Melee in here and uh, put Mystic Retrieval in here. Um, take out, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Rolling Temblor and Silent Departure and Armored Scarb and Firewing Phoenix. And Hold up, I'm opening Magic Online. I'll find out what the list I've okay, been playing. Okay, here's what you need to do. You need to take the four Fettergeist and replace them with four Delver of Secrets. <laughs> take the other creatures and replace them with Snapcaster Mages. Turn the Think Twice into Vapor Snags. Uh, the Slag Swarms and Silent Departure, those would make great uh, Restoration Angels. <laughs> no, okay, you really don't let, need this to be red, blue, white. I'm thinking red, blue, black. Blue, white may be better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we need some Gitaskin probes in here. <laughs> blue, white? Did you guys just say blue, oh, white? Wait, ponder. I mean, what are we thinking? There's no ponder in here. What's up with that? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that could replace the Burning Vengeance. Oh, and uh, um, Runechanter's Pike. Runechanter's Pike or Swords? Yep, Swords. I could I could see that. What about a couple of Geistersink Traff, maybe? Some Mana Leak? Some mana leaks, yeah, they're definitely worth putting in here. Um, yeah, I think I think that's got potential. Maybe a couple of thought scours. Yeah, just just in case you wanted to put some of the flashback spells that we just got rid of into. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, in all seriousness, this deck is bad and you should feel bad. Uh if you really want to play it, you're going to need to make a lot of changes. Uh winning with Burning Vengeance is is possible maybe, but this deck is just is just trying to do so many things that just don't do well. I'm it's not entirely sure. Pieces that if you wanted to buy the deck to supplement other decks, I, it would be fine. I mean, Faithful Suiting is really good. Desperate Ravings is playable. You're going to spend okay. $20 Lands to buy get four Faithful Slittings. Yeah, the deck isn't even worth the sum of its parts. I think probably what's happened here is they expected Burning Vengeance to be a bigger deck than it has been. So they put this out for people to be able to get the pieces of a Burning Vengeance deck and then customize it. And unfortunately, that's fallen flat because nobody is playing Burning Vengeance at any sort of remotely high level. Because if most you people are, are going turn one Delver, turn two, sit on Mana Leak until you play something I worry about. <laughs> yeah. Well, in my experience, most people just Mana Leak the first thing you play because they're just trying to tempo you out. Yeah, well, in this deck, they're just going to Mana Leak Burning Vengeance and then it does nothing. Yeah, the deck is pretty screwed without Burning Vengeance. And that's, that's the biggest problem with this deck. If you really, really, really want to play this, like we said, get Arcane Melees, get Mystic Retrievals, and good luck. Let us know if you have any success with it. 
because, frankly, I'd love to hear about it. Just take pictures because Chris will fly to your location and high-five you. <laughs> but you need, it's you need to get at least one win, though, right? No, no, you need to win the FNM. Oh, win the FNM? <laughs> yeah, anybody Without can get one match. match. Come on, I mean, you're playing... No, I don't mind pitches. if you drop a match. No, you can drop a match. If you, if you win an FNM with this deck, I will fly to your location and high-five you. So, all right, we do this every event deck show, and although I already know the answer... Which one are you buying, Travis? After careful deliberation, I'm going to have to go with repeat performance. Well, I don't know if you're going to buy one, but if you were, which one would it be? Uh, well, I have all these cards at home. Why would I buy one? Because Thrag Tusk is twelve ninety nine. <laughs> like the the green white deck pays for itself and then some. I'll be buying it. I'll probably buy it if I can find it for retail. I ain't even messing around. I don't buy that deck as soon as it come out. I'm yeah, not even I agree with Travis. That you, the chances of you finding it for retail probably aren't very high. No, they're a hundred percent. No, no, because what they're going to do is they're going to know that the other deck is like awful, right? So they're going to like lower that price to like three dollars, and then raise the other one to like forty. They sh- they should have put um, brain fart. Okay, they no, should have silence because my brain is not working. Okay. I keep but thinking these, Nismiza. Who's the dragon? These these decked the Thunder Mohawkite? The face of uh, M13. Oh, Bolas. Nickel Bolas? Nickel Bolas. They push it Nickel Bolas on the uh, Burning Visions deck. <laughs> no. That would have been good. It would have made it, I mean, what? it would at least been interesting to, to encourage me to consider it over this other one. Like, did you, do you get the feeling that this was, this event deck was originally planned for Dark Ascension, but they shrugged it off and did something else instead? Okay, I can't, I don't, I can't understand. Like, event decks are supposed to be aimed at, say, more casual players, right? Well, no, event, well, intro decks like, are aimed at casual. Well, more like, say, FNM type decks and whatnot? Yeah, yeah, event decks are supposed to bridge the gap between kitchen table and competitive. They're supposed to encourage people to come to FNM and get more involved in tournament magic. See, this is going to do the opposite. Like, anyone who buys this deck <laughs> looking for that goal is going to be like, you know what, I quit magic. I mean, I don't like ragging on wizards. I really don't, because 99% of the things they do are excellent. And even if I don't personally like them, I can see why they were done. I can't see any redeeming qualities about this event deck. So let's try a different tack. You're on the development team for M13. What other event deck could we have put out instead of this? Hmm. And since we're, the other one's green-white, they probably do want to put something bluish and blue-red. Like, I mean, yeah, yeah, why yeah, why yeah, couldn't they put Talrand in here? Well, Talrand's already in an intro deck. I don't know if you want to put him in... They could have built it around Nicole Bolas. He's a mythic, though. So? They definitely could have done something with seen, Exalted just, and Disciple of Have Bolas. you seen the, other, the price of the rest of the cards in this deck? Oh, well, this isn't good. I can't open the Maybe M13. they could have went with, uh, like, a Jace's Phantasm meal deck. Mm, yeah. Monsculpts. Mon uh, they could have been in Thought Scours. Maybe put a Snapcaster in as one of the rares. I mean, that could have... That's a different direction they could have taken. It would have oh. been out of the colors of the other deck, and it would have been interesting. Putting a Snapcaster Mage in an event deck... I think it's risky because probably when they were putting these together, Snapcaster was on the this-might-get-banned list. And if they had to put that do, do that again after what happened with Stoneforge Mystic, plus putting a $30 card in an event deck is a sure way to get yourself lynched. 
Nickel Bolas Planeswalker from 2013 is 1350 right now. Oh, I'm sorry, that's the Conflux version. The, the 2013 version is 599. Uh, bit of a difference. Yeah, they probably could have made something with Exalted. Uh, what else is there? Yeah, like something with Exalted, and you could have built it around Disciple of Bolas. Uh, you could even have put like, um, well, not Neferox, because he's, well, even Neferox, maybe. Like, I guess they kind of tied their hands by putting the good legendary creatures in the intro decks. Because you're not going to put Thundermore Hellkite in an event deck. It's too expensive. Put in, like, Slumbering Dragon type thing. Slumbering Dragon, yeah, yeah. Or uh, you could have done, like, with Courtly Provocateur and stuff, and then you could have had, like, Fog Bank in there, and, you know, stuff to... You know, that, that, that's possible. I mean, it's probably not as good as the green-white one, but it's certainly better than Burning Vengeance. How much talking about Burning Vengeance is awesome. <laughs> It has the potential to be awesome. Actually, now that you're thinking about it, that blue-red deck with Slumbering Dragon and stuff, you could turn that into a mill deck and have, like, Searing Spear and Magma Quake to keep the board clear and then just win with Jace's Phantasm and things like Mind Sculpt and Vidalkin Enchanter, uh, maybe throw an increasing confusion in there. I agree. I think that would have been a very interesting way to take it. It would have also given it another alternate win deck if we're an F&M. Yeah, yeah. Could have been interesting. I mean, it's it's not by any means as good as the green-white one, but normally there's a big difference in the two decks. Not as big as that we have this time, though. Yeah, this is like a monumental difference. Oh, yeah. Like, every other show that we've had, we've had some pretty spirited discussions about which deck is better. Like, the, the M12 one with the vampires and the, and the illusions, uh, either one of those was playable. So... Well, I think uh, were they wanting were they building these decks in conjunction with each other? Because I think this sweet revenge could give up a pretty good fight to the other event deck, is because it can wipe the board of all the little mana accelerators. But as far as like the format for standard goes, it's just. Ugh. I think you're on crack, actually. I probably because am. Post board, the white green deck laughs all day. Okay, that's not really fair because there is no board in the other deck. <laughs> okay, so let, let's talk about just Blood Craze Neonate is allegedly there against control decks because you drop it on the play on turn two and they can't counter it and, and they, they have to spend removal on it right away or it just gets bigger and bigger and kills them. No, I think it's more designed so that when you sure. drop it in a tournament environment, your opponent dies laughing <laughs> and you automatically advance to the next round by your opponent's death. Even then, I am a Falkenrath uh, archer dude. It costs two as uh, well. Exterminate. Yeah, go with him. Oh, you, you know, <laughs> if they were just put that. If they were so dead set on the neonite, they could have built a vampire deck for the other event deck. If, yeah, but it would have to have been mono black, wouldn't it? Because of Nocturnus, and even then, like Nocturnus is mythic again. Black red. Uh, possibly. But even then, like there's four. Neonate, and there's four Screeching Scab. <laughs> I know, I know. Oh, I know. also, just another thing, Secrets of the Dead does not work. What do you mean it doesn't work? Well, okay, it draws you a card, but the games where it actually draws you a card, you're so far ahead that, like... Because you have to think about it, right? Like, Burning Vengeance costs three mana, and it's enchantment to put in place. So you're essentially wasting one full turn uh, to do that. And one of the problems you come in playing this deck is, right, you're like, oh, well, look, I have Burging Vengeance and I have Spells. 
I don't really want to play these spells because then I don't get full value out of Burning Vengeance. But at the same time, I don't want to play Burning Vengeance because I'm basically tapping out to play and not able to play these spells or interact with yeah, my opponent's board. Don't affect the board in any way. Yeah. yeah. So I seem to remember when Secrets of the Dead came out saying that it wasn't good because by the time you're able to draw a card, it's not worth it. Well, no, and everybody telling me that drawing a card is always good and calling me crazy. No, because like I mean, if you go like Burning Vengeance turn three and then Secrets of the Dead turn four, that's two turns that you just time walk yourself. Yep. And there's nothing in this deck that flashes back for one mana. That is true. And then, I mean, let's face it, these days, if you tap out turn three and turn four, when you untap on turn five, even if you have five mana, you're facing down a really large board. Probably. You know, and That's then why you need that turn five double blood Christ Neil Knight. <laughs> get there. Oh, wait, they have to attack. Uh, seems kind of awkward. How come there's no Altar of the Lost in this deck list? Oh, right, because it's terrible. My bad. Can we move on now? This is this is depressing me. Let's go. All right, so that wraps up the event deck review. Get the green-white one. You might even be able to win. Like this, I think this green-white event deck is the best event deck they've put out. Just straight out of the box. It's better than the black-green death-fed one uh, that Medina used for his F&M hero. I think straight out of the box, it's better than that. This might be the best event deck they've ever put out. I can see that. Like uh, I said, if you, I mean, especially if you get two and just cram them together. Yeah, and in terms of value, and, and, and getting two, even if they sell for thirty bucks, you spent sixty dollars for an F and M, a deck that you could take to an F and M and expect to do well. So I, I mean, I don't see how that's bad at all. I think this this, this is um, very well done on their part. And whoever in the pit came up with this deck, you are not fired. In fact, you get promoted to whoever was the person who authorized putting out the other deck. <laughs> See, uh, because I think that's, that's some of the problem. This deck is so it looks so synergistic. It looks so uh, it looks so tuned that when you look at the other, when you're like, these two people were the same crews working on this deck. Is this the same game? Yeah, I can I cannot see where you're coming from there. Absolutely, it's just, it just they don't even look like they were built by the same company. You're right. All right, let's move on. Anything else you want to do before Random Moment of Geekery, folks? We've probably been blacklisted from Wizards for this review. <laughs> well, we were, we were just honest. I don't think we were in, in any way saying anything that's not completely true. Um, the only other thing I wanted to talk about this week before we move on to our Random Moment of Geekery, I randomly turned on the TCG Player Live coverage uh, this weekend while there was no live match on SCG. Uh, oh, Patrick Chapin was just killing it all weekend. It's a shame I had to listen to Adrian Sullivan at the same time. And I saw in the top eight a guy playing a black-white zombies deck. Now, he had Ravenous Rats in there, but he was playing Sorin, and he, he had Restoration Angel with his Geralt's Messengers, which, if you think about it, is pretty good. I thought that was old news, though. People were playing black-white pods so they could pod... Into Restoration Angel from the uh, uh, zombie and or the messenger and just blow you out. No, I hadn't heard that. Now I'm not saying it didn't happen. I'm just saying I hadn't heard that. Oh my god! You know what you could do is you could okay. So you play a metamorph, you copy Grass Messenger, right? You sack the metamorph to the pod to get Restoration Angel. The metamorph comes back, copies Messenger, deals two to them. 
You bring the angel in, blink metamorph, turn it into a pod. <laughs> pod away your other messenger. Get another restoration angel. Blink messenger. Oh, I'm building it. It's time for another coach shower, Chris. Oh, wow. I can, you can play Soren and Ravenous Rats. Oh, I, I, the only downside of that is that triple black on Messenger. I mean, if we do, a, if we do get, well, Messenger would be gone by then, though, wouldn't he? No, he's he's still in. He'll still be legal what post rotation, won't he, for Ravnica? Yes. Yes. If we get the uh, black Godless Shrine in Ravnica, I could definitely see going black white. The problem with that is pod. you can't play pod then. Well, you yeah. still be able to go Messenger Angel, Messenger Angel. But I still want to do this, and I, th- I think in the two color deck, if the only white cards are Sorin and Restoration Angel. You should be able to splash white off isolated chapels, uh, maybe a couple of basic planes with some um, uh, evolving wilds, or even like a shimmering grotto. This this sounds insane. Are you running Liliana's? I didn't see Liliana's in that list. I'm going to have to look it up. I don't think the lists have been put up yet on TCG Player. Um, but that it, I've been, I've got two Sorens and I haven't actually been able to play them since Junkwalkers was a deck. And I really want to do something with them. So this this seems like it could be the deck. What do you think, Will? I mean, does this sound viable to you? I'm not a fan of the Birthing Pod. The rest of it sounds like jolly good time. I mean, not for your opponent, but for you. Okay, so he came... He made it past the top eight. He got to top four. I, I have the list here. Was, where the was their 5K at this weekend? Providence. I'm looking at the third or fourth place black-white deck from Providence, but it doesn't have Restoration Angel, at least on this list. Well, then he's a bad player. So here's the list. And that's coming from Chris Lansdale, who knows something about bad players. Eat me. <laughs> four Garas Messenger, four Gravecrawler, four Ravenous Rats, four Liliana, two Sorin, four Duress, four Lingering Souls, four Sign in Blood, four Smallpox, three Tragic Slip, four Isolated Chapel, two Plains, 17 Swamp. So my first thought is to get rid of the duress for Restoration Angels. But that's just me. And then the board, he's got Human Frailty and Murder. Okay. An extra Sauron, Timely Reinforcements. I mean, this deck seems ridiculously fun. If you wanted to put Restoration Angels in here, what would you take out? Sign of Blood, duress? Smallpox, maybe. Smallpox seems so good, though. I don't know. I still want to do something with Phylactery Lich which is a zombie as well. And if you can metamorph a phylactery lich, you can put the counter on itself. Huh, that's interesting. But there has to be another artifact in play. So, eh, it Anyway, well, well, that's neither here nor there. So that deck sounds kind of fun. We'll, uh, I'll put that in the show notes. And uh, I still want to put Restoration Angels in it. All right, that's that. Random moment of geekery. Travis. I do not go. have a random moment of geekery this week. You called me out, you rat. Think. <laughs> Caught you. Well, do you have a random moment of geekery? I do. Well, I have, like, say, two mini ones that are kind of cheating. So, But I guess if you put the two of them together, then the one is kind of a moment of geekery. Okay, I have no idea what you just said, but go for it. <laughs> Good. Uh on the off chance you're one of the few people in the world who hasn't been to see Batman, go and see it because it's amazing. I actually saw it last week at the midnight pre-release, and for some reason I or midnight release, and for some reason I didn't bring it up 
which was a misplay on my part. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's absolutely amazing. And honestly, this, again, this is my opinion. I'm sure I'll get trolled. I think it's a better movie than The Dark Knight. I personally enjoyed it a whole lot more. You know, it's interesting. I've seen people who didn't like it did the marathon and saw all three back to back to back. People who did like it went to see it separately. That's just in my experience from the people that I saw talking about it. It's well, I've, I've like I, I did the actually I did the super marathon. I started off with the original uh, Adam West Batman movie on Blu-ray. I then went to Batman, Batman Returns, Batman Forever, Batman and Robin. I then watched Batman Begins. And, oh, I know. Okay, that is dedication. Dude. Uh, I don't know if it's still on, but uh, Best Buy had the Batman, the original movie with Adam West, on for $5. If you have never seen this thing, you have to, because it is absolutely hilarious. Actually, that's it's fantastic. It's hilarious. It's just like... You know, is that the one where they uh, do something to the United Nations? Yes. I second your... That's the one that reminds me you should I, always keep shark repellent in your <laughs> <laughs> and if your helicopter is going to crash, well, just, you know, make sure that uh, there's a, a nice, comfortable landing. But, like, go see it, uh, or at least go out and rent it, because it's absolutely hilarious. Like, if you watch Family Guy and you see how, like, over-the-top Adam West is, right? And you're like, no, that's just ridiculous. Like, this movie... It's actually not. Yeah, this movie <laughs> is living proof of that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then so finally, I went to go and see The Dark Knight Rises, and it's just like this, like story-wise, it just goes in so well, and it just like ties in nicely, right? And it's from like I'm say a DC comic fanboy, if you will, and I, I like Marvel. Don't get me wrong, but like DC comic just has you know the thought process that goes behind it, like this huge uh, you know story and storytelling and whatnot and narrative, and I thought like it was perfect the way it just kind of wrapped up. The way it just it went together, it it didn't necessarily make references to the other two, but there was implied references that went with it. So I just thought like it was it it was really well done. And okay, now leave it at that because I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, no worries. I I didn't I didn't spoil anything. So I'm one of I'm those few human beings on the planet who has not got to see it yet. <laughs> I haven't seen it either. I was going to go this weekend, but Olympics. <laughs> Fair enough. I was going to go sometime ever, but I have twins. That makes sense yeah. as well. Uh, I, I was going to go watch Dark Knight Rises until I took an arrow to the knee. <laughs> the worst. So Although, I, I don't know if you've good. seen the uh, the scene that Liam Neeson me- meme from uh, Taken, where it goes... Uh, yes. Okay. yes, I have. For anyone, who, yeah, for anyone who doesn't go it. <laughs> but basically, as soon as I saw that, I was like, that's it. Like, sending this to everyone, like... This is how it's going to be. I mean, I didn't go and see it at the middle of the pre-release, so no one could really spoil it, but there was someone who's like, I read online that I was like, you're going to be quiet. I, I, I used slightly more vulgar language, but I'm like, you're going to be quiet. You're not going to talk. He's like, no, no, but dude, I was like, no, no. You're going to please walk out of this room. You're going to go say whatever you have to say to the wall, and then you can come back and rejoin the conversation. Otherwise, <laughs> we are going to have issues. <laughs> so, yeah, I, you know what go I like see it. Ha- <laughs> go go see the movie if you haven't, and if you have, you know, I mean, hey, if you want, you think I'm totally off base, you think it's one of the worst movies ever, or, you know, The Dark Knight is much better than, you know, troll me on Twitter, you're more than welcome to do that. Uh, and then the second one is, there was a special recently at Best Buy, again, 
where uh, I was able to pick up a copy of Dark Souls, which is the spiritual, quote-unquote, pre- uh, sequel to Demon Souls, which I really like that type of hard, challenging game, and I love Demon Souls, and I've been playing the heck out of Dark Souls, which is why I haven't actually played Magic this week. I pretty much just plowed through Dark Souls. So if you have an Xbox or a PS3 and you want a challenge, you know, go out. I, I'd maybe suggest renting it first just to, you know, so that you're really pissed off with yourself and me, and you're not like, I can't believe I spent this much money. I hate William. You know, I, I can only tolerate mild hate. You know, not full-blown hate. So, yeah, go and uh, check out Dark Knight Rises and Dark Souls. Okay. You got one yet, Travis? No. Please, uh, I did spend like an hour talking. The worst. <laughs> <laughs> I have been watching the Olympics all weekend. Literally all weekend. I didn't even play Magic yesterday or today because I was playing. I was watching the Olympics and writing my article and just once in a f- every four years... I completely vegetate in front of the TV and watch the Olympics. The Olympics is every two years. No, the real Olympics is every four years. All right. The one where they play around in the snow and do the same event 15 different times with small variations. Okay, you're going to calm down. There was no snow in Vancouver. (laughs) What what were they skiing on, Will? Well, yeah. Chalk? Well, yeah, but that was up in the mountain Whistler, like in actual Vancouver. There was no snow. Whatever. See, now, I can't get into winter sports because I've never done any kind of winter sport in my life. I've never skied, never snowboarded, sled, anything. Well, see, here, here's the thing. Like, for, for me, like, the Winter Olympics is, say, I think it's more entertaining. But the Summer Olympics, I say, have, like, more respect for and I actually follow a whole lot more. How is it more entertaining? Have you ever seen one of these guys miss one of their aerial jumps when they're skiing downhill? That, yes. that is hilarious. So you want to but see that people also slam happens. into the ground at <laughs> tens of miles an hour. But that also happens in BMX and gymnastics and synchronized diving and diving. Uh, but and see, gymnastics is a serious... Like, gymnastics and diving are a serious sport, right? So, like, when I see that, I feel fat, sad for them. But, like, when we have, like, the aerial jumps going on, like, it's literally a party. Like, everyone on the street, like, buddies and whatnot, we just, like, you know... Turn that on for like the hour, hour at two hours that's on, you know, uh, beers, chips, uh, pizza or whatnot, and just like laugh our head off when they they face plant. Little known fact: Will actually lives on Sadist Boulevard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're terrible. See, the no, Olympics they... are that one time every four years when I can pretend to actually care about synchronized diving for five minutes. <laughs> and beach volleyball. And regular volleyball. Okay, I'm sorry. Who does not care about beach volleyball? Exactly. Um, Everyone cares about beach volleyball. Winter volleyball. Winter winter volleyball. Except, although I, <laughs> that would I, be an awesome sport. Be, <laughs> although I will say, uh, there's this like memo that the Olympic the London officials put out before the games, saying that uh, the like beach volleyball didn't have to be played in bikinis, like could be played in like shorts or whatnot. And I was like, that's that like that's seventy five percent of your viewers right there, not watching it anymore. Is curling an Olympic sport? Yes. Curling is, an act- is actually very entertaining to watch. All right, you just keep okay. thinking that, Canadian. Cur- cur- okay, curling is entertaining to watch, not when you're watching professionals, but when you go to the local curling rink, because, like, the office is designed to throw a party, and they're having it playing curling, and you're watching a whole bunch of people who have never played curling before. <laughs> and I'm, I'm just giggling that you have a local curling rink. Multiple <laughs> local curling rinks, well, in fact. I only have one. Like, well, yeah, but there's one in, like, each municipality. So, like, there's one local curling rink. 
Oh, there's several in St. John's, I can tell you that. Now, curling is fun to watch if you know what the, what's happening. I mean, who doesn't like watching people throw rocks at houses? Right. Well, I enjoy it, one, because you can throw rocks as fast as possible and potentially make someone jump out of the way and slip and then fall down on the ice. Or two, when people are trying to throw it way too hard and they slip and fall on the ice. Okay, I'm Once just again. to move up north with some pads and some helmets and teach you guys football, right? Football isn't played with pads and helmets. Yeah, seriously. Who's, who's wearing pads and helmets? Football is played with a round ball that you actually kick. That's kind, that's kind of like the same. That's kind of like the the kid who's like, okay, guys, I want to play goalie for hockey, but you can't have any slap shots. Uh, no, we're going to have tons of slap shots, and you're just going to get used to it. Yeah, let's just get off this before I have to insult hockey and the legion of Canadian listeners come down to kill me. Hockey used to be a great sport until it was made all about fighting and less about skill. Let's no, do some shout-outs. I agree, which is actually why Olympic hockey is much better than NHL hockey. I also or agree with that. national hockey. Yes. Now, let, let's talk... Uh, let's do some shout-outs. Right. Travis? Uh, Shout-out again to Kirk Dubé and Billy Webster uh, from my local play group. They're helping me get some cards together. Uh, there's a standard PTQ this weekend, and if I had the time free, I might actually go play in my first PTQ in a couple of years. Huh, awesome. Uh, did uh, the guy that, whose name you were supposed to mention 15 times actually remember you mentioning it? Or? Yes, and uh, I just mentioned it again. Okay, all right, good Kirk stuff. Dubai, Kirk Dubai, Kirk Dubai. <laughs> He's a loyal listener. Aw, I'm flattered. Hi, Kirk, we love you. And he loves the word turd. That's a shame. <laughs> Well, shout out. Uh, I'm going to steal Chris's. I'm going to give a shout out to the guy at Jack's local game store who doesn't believe that Jack is actually the Jack from Horde of Notions. So to that guy, he is actually the Jack on our cast who was Jack here, but then he left and was replaced by Travis. Yeah, like there could ever be two Jacks. He's Mr. Sharoom. <laughs> he is. He well, is. see, that's the other thing. How many, like, Jack Sharooms are there? <laughs> There's a joke there somewhere, but I'm not the one to make it. Fair enough. And then, um, I don't think anyone else deserves a shout-out. Really? Well, who should I give a shout-out to? I don't know. How about a shout-out to all the Hall of Fame cast uh, members this year, like these? What? Well, yeah, uh, everybody who made the Hall of Fame, because uh, they all listen, right? Well, maybe oh, they they once we shout-out? I, I didn't know they announced that. Who's in that? Uh, well, PV, Chapin, Oiso, and uh, Kenji. Huey missed by like point three two. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, then um, I don't want to give an anti shout out to those guys because you know those guys are cool. But anti shout out to the voters because you know Finkel was on and he didn't want him to get into the Hall of Fame. So you know you guys are going to get you guys are messing with Finkel here. And poor Mike Long still sits on the sideline. Well, what killed me is that PV only got 70% of the players' vote. What? Yeah, apparently apparently 30% of players don't think PV is a Hall of Famer or you know, a first ballot. I don't know if PV would have voted for PV because he's such a contrarian. He may have not have voted for himself. <laughs> really? Me in the Hall of Fame? You know what I think? The may, I mean, I'm just speculating here, but what might have done it right is that like, PV is such a nice guy and... Like, he's one of the game's greats. I don't, like, based on, like, you know, results and whatnot there, but he doesn't have, the say, the persona of one of the game's greats. So it's kind of like, say, diminishes him, if you will. 
have no idea what you're talking okay, about. Well, but I, uh, for example, everyone like Kai is the German juggernaut, right? Everyone knows him. I'm uh, Bob Mars, the great one. Everyone like you know, there's a person like uh, persona that goes with that. You know, Finkel has the same thing, right? He's John, mother, bleep bleep Loving. bleep, uh, Finkel. But like PV doesn't have that, right? He say quote unquote the boring guy that just gets it done every time. I'm he sorry, is not the yeah. human heartthrob Brian Kibler. Right, that neither. I'm sorry for having just called PV boring, but like he doesn't like. He's just very consistent, and he just wins. But it's just, like, it doesn't have, like, say, the the grandiose persona that goes with that. And, like, one of the things is that when you're talking about, say, all-time greats, right, like, people want to have that grandiose persona that just goes with it. And I'll give you an example, right? Look at Tim Duncan from basketball. Like, Tim Duncan is one of the greatest NBA players uh, to ever play the game. But it's very, like, it's not, I mean, the game isn't simple, right? But it doesn't have the flash of, say, LeBron James or Kobe Bryant or Michael Jordan. So people are yeah, like... Yeah, but you're, people are you're like, defeating your own argument because Tim Duncan will be a first ballot Hall of Famer. And no, he will, but, like, it won't, like, even though, like, he absolutely deserves to be in, like, 100%, he probably won't garner, like, you know, the maximum possible amount of votes. Like, if you're if you're making a list of the 10 or 20 players ever... His name may not come up even though it should, just because his personality didn't stick out to the point where he's first on your tongue. Right. The other the other possibility that might come up with that... Something like how Bill Russell gets left out of the top five. There you go. The other possibility is that... Uh, and this happened before in the past. I can't remember with who, but it's that everyone basically assumed that PV was for sure guaranteed to get in. So they voted for others. So they voted for one of their buddies instead because they're like, he doesn't need my vote. I can give it to someone else. I saw Jerry Thompson tweet that he got something like twenty votes, and he said, "I hope those people voted for Huey as well because I don't deserve to be in." Basically, so. So I think that's. I mean, I think it might be like say part of column A, part of column B, but I think the chances are is that you know someone was like, "Well, hey, look." He doesn't need my vote because, you know, he's going to get in for sure, so I'm going to vote for someone else. That's possible. Uh, did you have any more shout-outs, either of you guys, before I do mine? Nope. No, the floor is all yours. Okay. Amaze us. Wow us. Uh, that ain't happening. Make Travis tremble in his booties. Booties are already off. About, don't want to think about Travis's booty at all. So, first of all, I want to give a shout-out to... The guy at Jack's gaming store that Will stole. <laughs> Jacked. See what I did there? Ah, <laughs> oh, that was so witty. Uh, give a shout out to Rich McCann, a uh, long time listener who uh, pings me on Skype every now and then to chat about decks that he's brewing. And unlike most brewers, I'm looking at you, Joshua Lamish, actually listens to advice, which is always nice to hear. Uh, and by the way, Josh Lamish, no, take a salt strobe out like I told you earlier. Uh, shout out to Josh Lamish. Shout out to KYT, Alex Hain, and uh, Frankie Richard. Uh, the reason for that will become obvious fairly sh- soon. Secret projects going on. Community Cup? No. Is this like Canadian-only magic podcast you're talking about on Twitter? I don't know what you're talking about. Never heard of it. Shh. Uh, shout out to Chris Plummer, uh, who's, who is the host of Pulver to the People and uh, Meet the Cast who uh, hooked me up with some sweet music for a project I'm working on. Is it the same project? Shh. Yes, all right, there's a podcast coming out that uh, is linked to Mana Deprived. 
you're more coming for that in the future. Uh, shout out to Jack, just because, and to Chewy. If you don't listen to the Manipool, you're doing it wrong. Uh, even if you're not, a consider, if you don't consider yourself to be a casual magic player, those guys can come up with some incredibly hilarious stuff. Their podcast can be a bit hit or miss. Sometimes they sit around and are awkward for a little while, but those moments are few and far between. Definitely worth listening to. And because of it, Every time I see a certain legendary 7-7 flying demon with lifelink from Avacyn Restored, I hear Chewie saying, Grizzle Brand! It's all his fault, and I'll never get that out of my head anymore. Shout out to Avacyn Restored Collation. Uh, I opened a box of Avacyn Restored today that I had randomly sitting around. In the first 18 packs, I had one money card. It was Tamiyo. In the last 18 packs, I had six money cards, including a bonfire, a restoration angel, and a grizzle brand. So I don't know how that works, but whatever. Yeah, I think, uh, I think Avacyn Restored packs are going to be up there the way worldwide packs were. I think bonfires are going to break 50. It's getting there, isn't it? And the thing is, it's not slowing down. The cards that stop it are bad otherwise. I mean, stuff like Redirect, people aren't playing Redirect, although maybe they should be. As soon as Vapor Snag rotates, Redirect. Well, redirect is hilarious against Bonfire. <laughs> yeah, but the other problem is that, like, the, the decks that would play Redirect, like, Bonfire's just a burn spell, right, to their face. It's not like they're... Uh, it's pretty they're, good against Tyrant. Redirect, they're probably going to be playing Negate instead. Yeah. Yeah, but Redirect is better against Bonfire. But it's not as better against everything else. Well, possibly. Uh, who else do I have to Try to redirect that birthing pod. <laughs> Shout out to Neil, uh, who deserves to be nominated for the Community Cup. Also to Smitty, who I'm hoping makes the team. They both have done a lot of work on Modo and have done a lot to uh, increase the visibility of it. And that's what the Community Cup is for, people who do that. So I really hope they uh, they get the recognition they deserve for that. And that's about it. So the Community Cup is coming up. Make sure you get your votes in on the, the Wizards Community Forum for the people you think are deserving. Go buy our playmat on inkplaymats.com. I'll put a link in the show notes. The thing is awesome. Uh, we have episode 50 coming up. Um, big milestone for us. It seems like only the other day we were recording our first anniversary show. So if you've got anything you'd like to see for episode 50, or here, I should say, if there's any guests you'd like us to get, or any uh, things you'd like to see come back, or maybe a specific topic you'd like us to discuss, do let us know. Um, I've got a couple of ideas. I've been uh, talking to a few people. You want a barrel but roll, I don't you? Oh, yeah, bring back barrel roll. That'd be funny. I don't even remember what that is. It's where we pick a random card and try and make... Oh, yeah, right. come up with ideas for it. Well, then we, we should probably do that before. for, like, 49, right? Yeah, that could be interesting. But if you have any ideas, if there's something you would like to hear, uh, maybe you want us to do it live with call-ins. Maybe you want us to get the A-Team guys on. Uh, please don't want us to get the A-Team guys on. Maybe you want us to try and get someone from WOTC. Uh Maybe Gavin Verhey could come on for episode 50. Like, we're open to suggestions, so send them on in. On that note, I think we can wrap this baby up. So for Travis, for Will, and for the PTQing Adina, this is Chris saying join us again next time for another exciting episode of Horde of Notions. Hell right, uh, roll time!